All right, folks, welcome to a very special year-end edition of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Elaine. And yeah, we are doing uh, two episodes this year, uh, which uh, of the different year-end segments we've done in years past. Um, I think these two are uh, our favorite segments to do. Obviously, next week we'll do our tops out top albums of the year. But naturally, you know, as you can imagine, the different topics we cover, we listen to a ton of music from all different years every year, including stuff that is you know quote unquote new to us. You know that you know especially. Um, you know, stuff like I always call it my, my lazy list. Stuff that like I, I I should listen to, and I know some of the artists I'll mention. You'd be like, really? How the hell? Like that's not exactly a a deep cut. Oh, I um, I, I have some you're going to be pissed about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I I have some heavy hitters. It's like how the hell have you never listened to that? But just I never have. And this year I finally uh, took the time to listen to it. And it's always interesting to look back. Uh, the way that I do it, uh, I'm not sure you do it, Elaine. I think you said you do pretty much the same thing. Is I just went to my CD shelf and my my vinyl shelf and saw what what albums I bought. Just because you know if I you know if I cared enough to buy it, then clearly I yeah. you know, cared about it. And and there's a few of these that I'm really excited to talk about I, because I, I had did, some really cool discoveries this year. I, I did the same thing too. Um, except I, I mean I I I keep track of everything I listen to. Um, so I I, I could have you know delved deep into like my journals and come up with some other stuff but honestly i felt this was the easiest way because it was just like you know like you said you you like it enough to be able to you know to want to buy it Mm -hmm. and uh for a lot of these i mean i like enjoy these to a degree i didn't think i would and i think they're worth shouting out just for that yeah i I will say some of the i mean a lot of these are, are pretty um like with this segment in mind, you know, after I bought them and listened to them, I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely gonna be one of my discoveries." But there are a few that I was a little, a little surprised made its way. And there's one in particular I'm looking at now that uh, I, I bought just kind of, you know, why not? And it ended up being one of my favorite discoveries of the year. Yeah, same um, here. Uh, you so know, yeah, I, I, mean, like, I, I do want to point out first that I think there are a couple, um, maybe in in this. Um, in this list that I think I've technically listened to before, but uh, like in years past, but I'm kind of counting it because it, it was like kind of like the first time like the album like clicked for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we, we play it fast and loose. That That's that's the way we do yeah, it. Yeah, I actually have one um, exception that I've, I've heard. Uh, it's actually a twofer, but they kind of are in the same story. And it's kind of... yeah. It's kind of one I let's do before, but it's a cool story, and uh, like you said, yeah. we, we make the rules, and if you don't like it, well, well. but anyway. Um, <laughs> but we without, love you. <laughs> yeah, we love you. Without further ado, let's just, let's get this thing started. We each picked uh, a top ten, so to speak. I don't think that we put it in any, we, so I put we, we just alphabet. did the alphabetical order. Yeah. So, I mean, um, just kind of generally um, our favorites. So, why don't you kick us off, Elaine? All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, this first one shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody uh, who's listened. It's uh, uh, Altman Brothers Band uh, at Fillmore East. Um, I actually had to check to see if uh, I'd actually listened to this this year as like being my first listen. But I'm I, honestly, I'm like I, I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> uh, 
So if you if you can't tell, I've kind of spent the last couple of days uh, compiling my end of the year lists, and I just got to the point of being so meticulous about them that I kind of gave up. <laughs> so I'm just like, fuck, it is what it is. That being said, I actually this was a last minute edition. Um, I actually had the residence is uh, not available in this place, mm. uh, but I, I just like this album so much more. Um, God, I, I you know it was it's really cool to just listen to an album from a band that you thought you didn't like almost, mm. it, and just to have it like blow your mind. Uh, you know, that, I just that is such a cool and just real quick. I mean that that yeah when you listen to something that you wrote off, you know perhaps unfairly at one point and then just for it's a totally call you that's such a cool experience oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it was i mean there, there are numerous cases of this in the, in this list uh but this is like i mean th- this is easily like a top 20 album of all like all time for me wow at this point like i really really love listening to this thing um you know it's just a lot of fun just super bluesy you know um yeah, it was just cool to listen, you know, and it's cool to own it as well. Uh, even though for some reason I have like you know how like those older uh, CDs that are like double albums they they come in like those really chunky double jewel cases. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I got one of those, and it really doesn't need to be that. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it, it's 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 easily like you know you, you could just do that like you, you know how like they have those regular jewel like jewel cases that like you just flip open. Oh yeah part of it like that would have been so much easier we, or like we've, i we've i feel like you you might be able point. to fit this entire you could fit this entire thing on one disc i think yeah um, and I, I don't think it's a similar thing i know uh people talk about um like vinyl fidelity that if, if you pack too many grooves on one side it somehow compromises the sound quality yeah. i mean i have no idea if that's true but like no i, I feel I like don't that wouldn't be the case with cd that so. i don't think that's true for cds yeah. at all uh so. but i mean they, there have been bands like i remember like tools lateralis was like i don't know apparently just like a few minutes shy of being like the absolute limit of what a cd can hold <laughs> uh but Did neither they... here nor there but i thought that that's on a, that's one on one disc right yeah lateralis yeah so yeah yeah i, I feel like it, it's it's an i mean obviously we both love swans and we um those those had to be on two discs yeah, that, exactly. that's but, not even possible it, it's always i mean even, even as much as all those albums it's you know it, it definitely disrupts the uh i think i was i was listening to the seer recently like i had a, like a long car drive i listened to it in one you know you know there and back and definitely i, I like would it be cool to listen to this in one um one unit but yeah um i mean you know that's something over there but yeah cool anyway yeah. yeah so my first one uh ironically uh this is in the early days of the of you know the quarantine pandemic whatever you want to call it uh whatever we're, we've we're, all been we're, doing. we're calling it horse shit is what I, we're calling it <laughs> um but you know I, I really miss going to the record store i mean this is before even like Everyone was just like shut down, you know. Like you know, now obviously you can go to the store if you wear a mask, stuff like that. This is before that, so like I really was turning to, um, you know, buying stuff online, which I, I hadn't done before. Uh, mainly, I mean, I, I just for me it's it boils down to option paralysis. Like one of the reasons I didn't shop like order CDs online for so long is because like there's just, just so much you could get that I was like I don't even know, 
you know, when we go to Bull Moose and Nurbury, you could, like, whatever's there is there. And you could, like, yeah. you could sift but, through. But, but the, that is also, at the same time, uh, it, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, Be, exactly. Because, like, I, I know, like, there are some stuff I want to buy, like, uh, you know, for example, like, no-wave music, like, that you really aren't going to find it anywhere but, like, yeah. discogs. Exactly. Yeah. So it was definitely it was just a mental thing where I'm like, man, I would go to buy stuff online, but like, oh my god, I, like I just I can't. My my card is getting too unruly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite record stores is actually it's in uh, it's called Red Scroll Records in Wallingford, Connecticut. It's uh, a little bit of a drive, but not too bad for where my my wife's family lives. So whenever we go down, we would we would visit there, and they always have a great selection. Uh, they also have a really they do a really good job of keeping up on discogs. Um, so I was just perusing through their, uh, they always had really, really cheap CDs and I just picked, you know, a bunch of stuff. Some, uh, I think about a three inches of blood CD that had like one of the songs from, uh, a Tony Hawk game. I forget <laughs> which one, but, uh, I decided just on a whim to round out and like finish up my purchase, uh, with this CD just cause it was really, really cheap. And I'm like, why not? Like, I, you know, everyone talks highly of this album ended up really, really loving it. Um, and I think last year, one of my... Uh, one of my discoveries was uh, country as a genre. So uh, this is one of my first times uh, talking about an album positively in this context uh, from that genre after admitting that I've it's clicked for me. And that album is At Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash. Oh, um, yeah. Inter- kind of a twofer because, you know, again, I'm kind of new, a newfound country fan and don't really do live albums. But this was really, really fun. And I f- actually felt like the live setting and, like, the crowd reaction really enhanced the album um he he was he's obviously was a great performer he fed off the crowd energy he totally hammed up and and, you know performed stuff in a way to get a crowd reaction it felt like a a really unique unique experience and and i i mean i love his vocals he has you know such a classic you know country western voice um he you know i mean obviously johnny cash is johnny cash yeah (laughs) Uh, i don't think i'd really listen to him outside of of hurt, you know the, the you know cover that everyone everyone talks about. Um, that but, isn't as good as the original okay. hot take saying okay. it, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I I was a huge fan of of this album. Uh, I just I, I loved I, I just love the, the vibe of it. You know, again, it was yeah. You got all the, the the things you love about great country songs, but just that added crowd element and obviously a a unique crowd at that you know at Folsom Prism is <laughs> yeah. not a it's not a creative title that's actually what happens so yeah um just a really really cool just really really cool experience and I, it was interesting that I uh you know again kind of a twofer like I don't really listen to live albums I don't I haven't listened to country historically and this clicked for me in a big way yeah so oh, I we should probably say it now that because I remember this was your album of the week uh a while ago it uh, was yeah yeah so I, a lot of a lot of mine are albums of the week as well yeah, um, which I, I think I feel Maurice was one of mine. That's that sounds right. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's really cool. I you know I, but that's probably going to be one of my like New Year's resolutions is to like get more into country. Um, even though I think it's going to be uh, a painful process, <laughs> but you know I, I ultimately a fruitful one. But you know it just might take a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that and folk. Uh, there's a lot of like avant folk that I really want to get into. But anyway, yeah. I think we'll, we'll 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 probably end up talking about like something like that come New Year's. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So my next one is um, 
an artist that you adore. And I just happened to pick this up earlier this year as well. And uh, really enjoyed it. It's uh, Fiona Apple. It's uh, When the Pawn. Uh, oh, nice. I'm not going to say the full title because, uh, we you don't know. We have time for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's only so many seconds until the Earth gets hit by a meteor. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, you know, this was my first and I, I guess only Fiona Apple album at this point that I've listened to. And uh, I I really enjoyed it. I, I love the way her voice you know, uh, just so easily bends up into like a blues register. Um, you know, I, I just sort of that, that elasticity really, really caught me and just sort of the way she's, you know, uh, sort of keeping the entire production just really tight instrumentally. Like, you know, it's, it's very like everything that needs to be there is there. There's no like flourishes kind of with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just awesome album. Wish the title was um, less up its own ass, <laughs> oh, but you know, well, yeah. what are you gonna do? I I admit, like I think this was your album of the week at some point, and I yep. was really excited that you just because I, um, I I think Fiona Apple is, is one of the few times where, like, uh, I got the hype immediately. Like you know, obviously she's she's really you know hyped up on you know like the Pitchfork you know, blogosphere, yeah. whatever. And I was like, oh, let me give it a try. And like, just for whatever reason, uh, you know, I think I bought when the pond first and I immediately, I went out, it's kind of the same experience I have with PJ Harvey is I bought one of, one of her albums. Then I was like, I got, I got to have it all, you know, yeah. for whatever reason it clicked with me really hard. I, I, I was looking for Idler wheel, uh, when we were at Bowman's uh, a few weeks ago, but I, I didn't see it there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think they only had fetched the bolt cutters and I, I listened to a little bit of that, but I wasn't really a fan. Uh, I, I do want to give it a full listen again at some point, but uh, I, I'm very much fine with when the like just listening to when the pawn, you know, yeah. because you know it, it does the job. So. Yeah, exactly, I, I've liked all, all our albums, you know, to, to varying degrees, but there's not. One I, 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 I just bad. remember I remember working at Goodwill uh, a few years ago and having to scan like CDs and stuff like that, and I cannot tell you how many copies of Title I found donated. <laughs> Like it, it, not that's not meant as a slight to uh, to Fiona Apple. I just like I that that album cover is just ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Same thing with um I think it's Jules. Uh, I think it's Seven Pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, or wh- whatever that first Jewel album is. Because <laughs> I just remember like I had like this really stupid saying on it, but I I we we, I, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think title is considered. Um, uh, I don't know. It's title and oh, I think it's what is it called? The, the one with like the apples on the cover is. Yeah, I, like I, a, you, you're asking the wrong person. I know. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, my next pick, uh, very topical, given that we just had uh, Thanksgiving, um, and this is a cult classic centered around Thanksgiving and I saw it at Newbury Comics for an insanely cheap price and I decided to buy it and I sat down uh, I don't usually do this I sat down and just listened to this without doing anything else the full side the full song that everyone knows and I had a rip roaring good time you know this is I totally get it it's quirky it's fun and I'm really glad that I finally have a copy of it and of course it is Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. Um, I I have never heard of that being a Thanksgiving tradition. 
Well, because the 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 whole the whole narrative is around you know going to someone's house for Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, see, um, I I wouldn't know. That. I really don't know anything. Like I I've never heard of this artist before. You never actually. heard of Arlo, Arlo Guthrie? No, I, I've heard of Woody Guthrie. <laughs> anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Yep. No. Nope. It's, it's it's I guess yeah, I guess it it goes along with the not exactly the biggest folk fan. I I mean I didn't know much about yeah. him other than. Alice's Restaurant is, is like a co. I think he performed, like live in one like a prominent New York venue. I forget which one. Like for years, he performed Alice's Restaurant just because it does have a Thanksgiving theme. I mean, it's supposedly it's based on it's like a ridiculous narrative about him getting arrested for, um, you know, for littering, and then he has to go like the police make him. Um, enlist or something like that but then he refuses to go like it's a very absurd story but he delivers it, it, it it's very funny um but kind of the big surprise you know obviously that being like the the kind of very folksy narrative driven uh goofy narr- uh, you know goofy song the other half is just like a really really nice collection of what you'd expect from you know 70s folk you know like just like nothing nothing super special but just it was really nice that um it kind of made that song more special because it was huh. it was very it was a, like the whole side was just this long. Uh, I think it was recorded live because you have, you have you know crowd interaction. Um, uh, I don't know if it was like genuinely recorded live or if just you know they, what, they just did it for the recording. I have no idea. Um, but I, I I just like when you're talking about like Thanksgiving albums now, like I'm thinking about I, like when you were talking about them, like what. Like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> see, it's funny because like I thought it was on because like this is it's like a cult classic. So, but, well, like, funny. like for me, like, like the like the closest thing I could I could think of was that. Do you remember that Macedon T-shirt like a few years ago that got a bunch of uproar because it was like, um, what was it? it was a pilgrim holding a gun to a Native American's head? Oh, that sounds vaguely like familiar. Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, just like a Mastodon Thanksgiving shirt. And I'm like, I, I thought Scott listened to all of those, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like, like th- that was like the biggest, like, you know, thing that popped up to me. But like, now that you're talking about it, it you know how like people, um, consider Die Hard to be a Christmas movie now for some reason. Oh um, it, yeah. But like, I, yeah. I feel like this is like the Thanksgiving album. This is like the Thanksgiving Die Hard. <laughs> Ugh. And Arlo Guthrie is Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's it's one of those who's like, playing Hans Gruber in this album. <laughs> it's, it's one of those debates for like the sake of having a debate. Like people are like, oh, like I think I like people think it's like part of their personality. Like I I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's like you know what, good for you. It's I mean it's, like, it's like it's like yeah, it takes place at Christmas, but like who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, I don't really, I don't really care. Like that's not. I mean, like, it, it, if really the, the only thing about Christmas in it is that it, it it is objectively the worst Christmas party that has ever happened. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I feel like it's just part of our culture. Where, like we have to manufacture like debate about everything. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's like yeah. it's it's super irrelevant to the movie, like when when it takes place, um, but. In any case, this is, per usual, this is quite off topic. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, what do you got next? Okay. Yeah. So, um, this is again one of your favorite albums and, uh, Ooh. an album that I, like I associate with you and your <laughs> wife now, uh, after your mar- after your wedding. And it's, uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Hey, look at that. Um, That's great. Yeah. Because I mean, I- I've listened to it before over the years, but I've never liked it. 
and then for some reason this year just really clicked with me and it's just like such a happy album and especially just being able to associate that with your wedding ceremony was was just you know a plus and uh yeah it's just it's just a good time album and you know it's it's on the short side i don't know it's just like a fun listen you know that's just, that's really heartwarming. That's really nice to hear. That's uh, yeah. It, it, obviously, it's an album that meant a lot, a lot to Lauren and I, and, and just personally, I mean, God only knows is is just such an exceptional song. You know, I, you know, every God, time, I, every track on that thing is like basically perfect. <laughs> like it's just it's, yeah, it's, it's just so, it's just a beautiful album. It's it's so well made. So you know, but but specifically, just uh, God only knows, just such a. You know the way that he he frames the lyrics and just if the, the, you the should the ever leave me. Um, <laughs> and there's uh, I think it was done to benefit um, art education in the UK. But a few years ago, they had a, you know star-studded lineup of, of UK performers did a benefit um, you know benefit cover of uh, a, a pet sound yeah of, of uh, God only knows it included oh. uh, like Sam Smith uh, One Direction. Uh, uh, Queen, like he just had a bunch of like really, and like everyone kind of set a line, and it was it was a really really cool rendition. I'll, I'll send you the, the link. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, and I bring it up because, and this is a very interesting segue that actually works. One of the performers that performed in that tribute video is uh, my next artist. Funny how that works okay. out. Well, let's just go to it. I know it's an interesting uh, segue, but. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say much about this just because uh, he needs no introduction. One of the uh, one of the most premier showman, you know, artists ever, really. Uh, Elton John. I, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I just never again. One of those. Obviously, everyone knows his songs. Everyone knows, you know, <laughs> everyone knows Elton John. I just, I never, never sat down to listen to an album, and I just one day at Newbury, I bought um, Tumbleweed Connection. Madman, Cross the Water, um, uh, a couple of... I, I'm blanking right now. Honky Chateau. Down, yeah, I think so. I, I just put down Elton John because I, I just really got into him. I mean, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a great songwriter. What a great Tumbleweed Connection is, is like just such a great album. And like so underrated, too. Yeah. Especially I, when compared to like Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, and he's just such a... I mean, he's such a good... Uh, uh, like I mean, even though, um, I don't think he wrote the vast majority. Of it. He had a like he collaborated with. Uh, so um, you're talking about Bernie Taupin. Yeah, wrote like the Bernie Taupin wrote a great, stuff. yeah, great deal of his. Yeah. Uh, uh, but just the way he delivers it, and just the, the the showmanship. I mean, I would love to see him live. I think you know he's unfortunately. I don't know if. Um, I mean, the ship might have might have sailed on that just because I think. He was in the middle of his farewell tour, and who knows how he, you know. I think yeah, he but a, like, I mean, like everybody's Brett Farving it these days, so. <laughs> that is a very surprising sports-related reference for you. I, gotta, I know. I, gotta be honest. I know. I I, I, really I love pulling those out. Because <laughs> like the best part is like that's actually like a really relevant good reference, and like I did not expect that from you at all. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> well, um, I I mean I, I could have done a Michael Jordan too, but I felt like that that was a little uh, hey that also older. works. Oh, this is really yeah. fun. Um, yeah, I mean I don't really have much more to say, only because uh, I mean Elton John is Elton John. It's just it's just that I I was late to the party. You know, obviously it's very obvious why I wanted to get into him and first listen. I was like, yep, 
Uh, although, fun fact, uh, you know that song Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran? I don't know if you do, but like... I don't listen to Ed Sheeran, that's, so no. That, that's why I was like, you know what, I, I felt dumb as I said it, but... Um, <laughs> There's a line of the song where he said, uh, singing to Tiny Dancer. And whenever I would sing to the car with Lauren, I would say singing to Tiny Dancers as if, like, he was singing to small ballerinas. And every time Lauren would be like, you know, he's he's saying Tiny, like, the song by Elton John. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, Tiny Dancers I, your, your, your wife just, like, shows you up. I love it. I know. It. She's just like, he's not singing to, like, small dancers. Like, he's singing the song by Elton John. I, I mean, Ed Sheeran might be singing it to small dancers, too. You know? Yeah, who, who, he, he, he's a very deep artist, <laughs> after he's, all. He's, he's, no, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ed. I, I don't want to make fun of you. No, he's... Uh, <laughs> I like some of his songs. I mean, he just but, seems like a nice guy. Like yeah. I, I, I really don't want to like crap on him. So, I know. Um, but yeah, so, so we can, we can save the crapping for another day, another yeah. more well-deserving target. Uh, let's move yeah. on. What's your next? Yeah. Pick? Uh, yeah. So, um, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but, um, I really got into, this is like my first album, uh, listen to this artist and, um, you know, I, I like it, but I feel like there's room to grow which is always something that interests me it's just like you know knowing that it's always there on the shelf and that's uh 22 a million by uh bonnie Vare. wow um, this really is the album scott like episode yeah <laughs> yeah basically oh, i mean like i most of these uh actually i think there, there's a there's one more i think that that is that is very scott cool uh and then the rest are kind of weird stuff i found uh, or or stuff that we've actually had episodes about, mm-hmm. etc. Or so, but yeah, um, yeah. I I just I uh, like a a friend I was talking to on Reddit um, really like turned me on to this um, just because of, like the way he was talking about you know how they're making how like they would just like record stuff on tape and then like just like cr- mash the tape up and then replay it and like it's just it's like it's stuff like that that like just like itches my inner music nerd mm-hmm. like my, my like music making nerd i guess <laughs> um you know like because like like if, if if this year has been anything this is this has been like my year of like being into like tape and mm-hmm. like like you know tape inspired music um so it's just really cool to hear sort of these weird recording techniques and then just also weird to just it, it's cool to see this you know, folk artists just go like completely off the deep end in like the best way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those albums that like I I still like I said I I still want to listen to it more to have like more of a fuller opinion of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just so fascinated by it that it's just like I it deserves a place on this list. Nice. Uh, I also own it too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have a soft spot for that album just because what I thought Bonnie Iver sounded like, and it, it just so happened that Laura and I were, um, you know, really starting our relationship right around the time that album came out. And when I listened to it, I was like, is this what Bonnie Iver sounds like? Like, this is yeah. not what I thought it sounded like. But I was like, but I really like it. Like, it's one of those, like, oh, wait, is this what this sounds like that actually turned out to be like a good thing? I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough to keep the Segway spirit alive, I also have an album on here that involves Bonnie Bear. Um, it was interesting because, um, 
our friend Nick, uh, he's someone who I would just, I would think, would like Bon Iver, but for whatever reason, he, he doesn't. I mean, like, obviously, it's, everyone has different tastes. It just yeah. doesn't buy, like, he doesn't like Bon Iver, except he likes one project, like, a lot that Bon Iver was involved in that I had never the, listened to. Justin and, Vernon? Or? Uh, yeah, Justin Vernon, yeah. Uh, who's obviously, he is, you know, the mastermind yeah. behind Bon Iver. Um, he swore, you know, Nick swore by this project, and, um, Newberry Comics has a like a three ninety nine other wicked cheap section, and I, I always scroll through it. I mean, a lot of the albums, it's like, yeah, I totally get why this is here. But there's a few diamonds in the rough that, for whatever reason, just it's not, you know, just kind of like deep cut, whatever. Um, and I saw this here, and I was like, you know what? Like, I Nick has mentioned it. Let me check it out. And ended up being really really cool. It is Volcano Choir on map. So essentially, it is not essentially. It is it's Justin Vernon of Bon Iver fame, and then members of the band uh, Collections of Colonies of Bees, which is a cool name. Um, <laughs> and it is just glitchy, weird, like ambient folk and just ambient electronic. And it's just it's very, um, it's very oddly like charming, but a little like just kind of off kilter. It just is really nice, like, again, like, it, it kind of sounds like a more chill version of Bon Iver. Like, it's, it's definitely very ambient. A lot of, you know, it's definitely focused more on the atmosphere, but, you know, very glitched out, very, um, uh, just, just, like, it's just very, it's, it's, I don't want to say, like, it's, it's over the top, like, experimental, avant-garde, anything like that, but definitely for, like, this, this kind of brand of ambient, like kind of indie folk it's it's a little weird it's a little out there it's not it's not how you'd expect this kind of style to be and i always for some reason the cover always stuck out to me like if you get a chance google the color the the, the cover just a very striking image um and i, I, I just see i i think i've heard of this before yeah. um, um again and this is i mean it was kind of a no-brainer it, it was such a wicked you know such a cheap you know uh such a cheap copy and, and i'm glad i checked it out because you know while i I definitely I like Bon Iver, whereas you know our friend Nick doesn't. Uh, I get why he loves Volcano Choir. I mean, this is such a it's a really really cool. What was the name of the album? Unmap. Unmap. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that that, that is a really cool album cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a really um, nice surprise to find it, and glad glad that I I finally checked it out. Um, yeah, nice. And I'm really nice, I'm man. really liking the natural and because usually our segues are pretty or let me rephrase my segues are really bad. But I'm glad no, no, that we I, have... I, it, it's ours. <laughs> it's, what's yours it, it's, is mine. It's, it's a partnership. <laughs> I know. What's yours is mine. That's funny. I, I, you know, <laughs> normally I would be able to physically strike you and, you know, teach you <laughs> that th this behavior is not acceptable. Yeah, but, that's fair. You know, that's really fair. You know, fuck you, Coven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, All okay. right. Take us away. Yeah. So, um,. I, I'm kind of cheating here. This is technically two albums, but um, I, I'm kind of, you know, sort of like your Elton John pick. Um, this is a Fortet, you know. Um, nice. I, I, so, specifically the albums, uh, There's Love in You and Rounds. Um, I, ah, God, where do you even start? I, you know, the, I think I just, I listened to There's Love in You just, like, randomly during the year. And it was one of the most magical listens I've had this year, like, by far. Like, I was just so blown away that, like, people make music like this. 
Because, like, you know, it, it has that house vibe to it. You know, like, that, that kind of dancey, you know, strut your stuff type of thing to it. But, you know, it, it's just so beautiful sounding and, like, lush. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I so I ended up just completely, like, blind purchasing rounds. And was just, like, even more impressed by it. Uh, and I, I had the, uh, because I bought, like, a reissue of rounds that has um, this, like, live in Copenhagen like uh disc like attached to it as well mm-hmm. and like god damn that live is album is so good too like it, it is just like really incredible like what he was able to make with these records and mm-hmm. I, I i've tried listening to his latest album wasn't really a fan um but you know i i just like i like so i i recently finally uh, finished all the albums that I bought when we went to Bull Moose. So uh, I'm going to start just like raiding my CD shelf uh, tomorrow. And I know that that's going to be one of those albums that I'm going to just take off the shelf again is uh, There's Love in You. Just because I, I really just want to listen to it again. And actually, not to go on too much of, you know, kind of like a, uh, a seg, uh, like a, you know, not, not to get too off the rails, but I was watching because I, after listening to the, um, that 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 concert that that like that live album um i was really interested in sort of how he you know um performed live and sort of what his setup was mm-hmm. and uh, i managed to find this video uh from uh, red bull music academy and he was explaining what he was doing it was i think it was right around the time round either i i think rounds came out um and it was really interesting and like it, it actually got me thinking about how i make music and sort of thinking about trying to like sort of uh, you know come up with new ways to sort of use the equipment I'm using at the moment. So it's just it's been just a very inspiring uh, listen, you know, just and being able to have these albums around. So yeah, nice. I, I gotta check that out because I feel like he's. Uh, um, I mean, he had, just based on his music, he has to be very thoughtful. It's know. uh, I mean, like. It's actually a lot more simple than you'd think, um, because most of it is just he's just playing clips in Ableton, mm-hmm. um, but like he's controlling it with like he has like a MIDI controller that he's using with it. I, mm-hmm. I'll have to send you it, but it's it's pretty much like that's kind of like the brain of it. But he has like a couple other things like a mixer and like um kind of like a looper, and then I think a laptop that just has one single program open that's kind of like this strange looping software um yeah it was it was really cool to just sort of see that but what's cool about like electronic artists like him it's just like that that setup is always changing like yeah I mean, and like that was back in 2014 so like it's it's so different now probably so it's it's, it's really it's always really cool yeah i i mean he i mean i, I love uh I, mean, I love fortet uh i, I actually discovered him um, at the end of you, you know the movie Project X, the Ornette Coleman. No, it's, it's a it's a, a really oh the, the the movie. Yeah, it's a really mean spirited kind of terrible movie. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's it's the one with the party. Right? Yeah, it was perfect yeah. for late high school Scott and early college Scott. Basically, like yeah. this this high these high schoolers throw a party and it just it absolutely goes off the rail and it's totally uh. Um, you know, totally insane. And there's a scene where, like, you know, like they're basically realizing that they're, you know, got, they trashed their parents' house, like, in a lot of trouble. 
and he's just sitting there on the bleachers, and um, she just likes to fight. Um, yeah. Plays, and like I was like, man, that song's be- like, is that a song? Like that's gorgeous. And yeah. I, I checked out the album, and I'm like, this is this is it's so simple but just beautiful and yeah i mean it's he's an incredible um and thankfully i'm really glad that uh i think it's like evening or morning like the night yeah that one ep that he had which was like really. i, I think it was technically an album but yeah i just out yeah, yeah. I think it was an album it was that one I, I was a little worried that he got off track but thankfully i yeah, really I, enjoyed his last few releases it, that's the funny thing is that was my first fortet record technically and i hated it Bad, bad intro, like, like really just like a, like yeah, yeah, like it turned me off of them like completely. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I I'm really mad that that it did because I probably I mean I don't know I I sometimes I wonder if like you know present me had gone back in the past and just kind of gave past me you know a couple of these albums like I wonder if if that that person would be into it or not. Uh, yeah, that's that's always yeah. an, like when when I think of some of the albums that I you know whether I sold or like I didn't like at first and then you revisit down the line I'm like what was I thinking? Uh, yeah, just, you know it it happens. Um, yeah. Right, well, um, next one. This is uh, yeah. a band that Lauren had on her. She has like you know she definitely leans on the the Spotify um, like recommended artists and they really do curate stuff. You know she's very much into like indie folk and, and like indie. Like pop and stuff like that. Uh, Spotify does a good job curating stuff for her, and we actually were supposed to see these guys w- with one of our friends in Portland, Maine. Unfortunately, it didn't. Um, it didn't work out. Work out for whatever reason. I forget what happened. But um, they are just a really, really fun. Uh, well, I'll just say the name. It's a uh, jukebox. The ghost. Uh, they're a really fun, like piano rock. It, it, it's like a huh. the very poppy sensibilities of queen and, and just like taken in a very like indie indie pop direction and like you know kind of like by modern standards and, and sensibilities um just really really fun like just it, it's very i feel like this is what this is going to sound weird i really don't mean this insult to either band but and it's a terrible way to start like i feel <laughs> like what jukebox the ghost is what fun sounds like to other people like to me it, like it is so interesting that, that you say that band out of all because i was thinking i was thinking of fun <laughs> yeah like to me like for whatever like fun just like their songwriting their, their vocal style like fun to me sounds really annoying and artificial but these yep. guys are just like they sound they're genuine they're earnest they make really fun they have like fun flirty playful lyrics it's just like i bought that uh red scroll by i mentioned I put this CD in there, one of their albums in, because it was, you know, it was really, really cheap, um, and I figured Lauren would like it, and I ended up listening to it one day while I was working, I was like, this is really fun, like, it just, it felt like I was listening to, like, Summer in an album, just like a really, really fun, simple, but just, you know, kind of genuine summer pop album, and I ended up buying, uh, I think almost all their other albums, just because they're relatively cheap, and, uh, Lauren and I both like them. Yeah, it was just a, it was a really, really, um, definitely gotten more and more into piano-based music. Definitely appreciating piano more. And I just really love, uh, they have one song in particular, which is a non-album track, but it's called uh, Stay the Night. And it's just, it, it's a, it's just a really, it's somehow a wholesome, wholesome song about, you know, like a one-night stand. Like, 
no, I really, I, like basically the, the course is like, I really want to stay the night. And like, I think you do too. I think you, you do too. But like the way it's delivered, it just feels so wholesome. And it's like, no, that's cute. Like, I don't know. It just, it just it, like every time I listen to the music, I just, I can't help but smile. Like it just is such a nice, how cute fun. they're going to bump ugly. I, I know exactly. That's right. But it's funny. Like the fact that they're able to deliver that message in a way that you're like, oh, that's cute. So, um, Interesting. I know, but I, 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 this is why I like I, 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 love how you just come out with like these like albums I've just like never heard of, yeah, and probably would never heard of, never hear of because of just like the circles I run in, yeah. So, exactly. uh, yeah, okay. Um, so this is actually my last uh, Scott album in a way, <laughs> uh, and it is uh, AIA by Grouper. Um, oh, cool. I, I, I would say just both of the AIA albums, but I think Alien Observer was the. F- one uh i probably that really like struck me first uh because wait so we did uh, an ambient exploration mm-hmm. uh way back in the year um you know which was probably you know a really really important number of listens for me because like i i mean i really got into ambient music this year i think because of that episode to a certain extent uh, but man just like listening to AIA like man like, like Moon is Sharp like just like that that song just like pierced me like when I first listened to it like I I just remember like sitting up and just like being just completely wowed by it uh and just like everything on both of these albums is just is just like that just like mm-hmm. this beautiful like dreamy like you know almost noisy though like you know just droning beauty i don't even know how to describe it but yeah just really great um yeah i'm really glad i own it um i I might take that off the shelf tomorrow too (laughs) yeah i mean something about our music is just so beautiful and alluring uh just uh i still remember when randomly out of nowhere i just happened to um, I think this is this is when I still had the, like the freemium version of Spotify. I just put on uh, "Dragging a Dead, uh, Dead Deer Up a Hill." Yeah, and it was just like so mystifying, uh, just such a such a beautiful. I mean, everything she does is, is just so. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm really glad that this was like the first album of hers that I really listened to, though, because I think if I had listened to "Dragging a Dead Deer," I probably wouldn't have been as much of a fan. Yeah. Um, I really haven't listened to that album either, you know, but like, I, I definitely prefer like more of like those like ambient sort of parts of her as opposed to like, you know, those folk parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to give that album another listen, like a listen at some point. So. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you like so many albums that I like. That's always yeah. a, it's always a nice <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, like, it gives you the warm tinglies. Um, so this next one for me, uh, I don't, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a very, um, uh, I wouldn't even say I'm not really, I'm not a spiritual person, religious person or anything like that. Uh, but sometimes I feel like there are signs or maybe it's just, you know, just, it's probably coincidence, but, um, this band, like, I forget how many consecutive trips to Newbury there, uh, there were. But there were too many, at least like three consecutive trips I went and I picked up um, pretty much all the albums from this band that I, I wanted to test out the waters and then put it back. 
and the next time they were still there picked them up put them back and there was finally one trip relatively recently where i was like you know what i'm there wasn't much else that was grabbing me that day i was like let me just finally pull the trigger you know just buy you know buy these cds and give them a try and i'm glad that for whatever reason they just all happened to be there and like it didn't flaunt them for a reference because loved what i ended up hearing and uh, didn't pick a specific album just because uh, there were a number that I or three specifically that I listened to and loved. It's the National. Um, a, oh, okay. a good friend of mine, Jonathan, loves the National. Swears by yeah. them, um, and they're generally well regarded in the indie community. Uh, and it's no particular reason. I think it's just because um, sometimes uh, I think like, like it was either last year or the year before I finally bought uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. And mm. I don't think I disliked, I don't think I hated it, but I, I definitely was like, I thought it was okay. So a lot of times those, uh, like kind of indie approved, like indie rock. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the, those, those kind of like 2000s Arcade Fire's Funeral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like those kind of albums, they're very hit or miss for me. So I think that's what held me back. But this is a really, really cool band. It, it's, it's like, um, like loungy just kind of smoky um almost like a mix of uh, gee i don't even like i guess definitely like post-punk with indie rock and a little bit of of country which sounds really really weird just to but like there's a twang to the delivery and there's definitely uh, i mean like, uh, or- orville peck exists so, I mean, yeah. I guess it's not as weird as it used to be. But just, like, I didn't expect that. Like, I thought this was kind of, like, I knew it was, like, almost low, like the singer-songwriter version of, like, indie rock. But, yeah, I mean, the the the, the lyricism is really on point. Uh, I love the blending of style. You know, it has that post-punk dreariness without being too dreary. A lot of catchy melodies. Uh, it just really, really enjoyed it. Like, I was, I'm kind of kicking myself I didn't pick it up, pick, you know, up any of their albums sooner, but... Big fan. Definitely nice. um, one of my favorite finds from, uh, like I said, that kind of like indie-approved sphere of, of albums that like you, yeah. just, you you definitely you anticipate that there are new albums that are going to get at least like an eight on Pitchfork, even if they don't get best new music. Um, but definitely super well deserved. Uh, like all the accolades they've received, uh, I think I bought. Alligator, The Boxer, and Ultraviolet, uh, really, really good, uh, which um, are kind of like the, their golden years, so to speak. Yeah. I think there's one more album that people consider, um, it depends, like I've heard different things about whether or not they're, the one that followed those three was better than their most recent outing. Um, also, fun fact, they have like three albums before uh, either the I forget which one the first Alligator or the Boxer they have three albums before that that I literally did not know existed until I, I you know was digging more into the band but yeah they isn't that interesting to know sometimes that like they, they, they don't like break it break out until like you know a couple albums later exactly but like yeah, yeah like I'm not kidding like I looked up great music I was like I've never seen anything about any of these albums and I, it, I, I asked it, it, it's kind of um oh what, what's that um that asap rock album i think it's like music for prawns or something like oh, that yeah yeah like like the, like that very first album he put out yeah yeah I, I asked uh i asked my friend john about those and he said yeah there's kind of a reason that it's not they're not <laughs> like they're definitely oh well, I, I mean he see 
He said that they're hit or, like they're not like terrible, but they're definitely hit or miss, and also they really don't sound anything like the you know the, the style that kind of got them attention. Mm. So it's not, it's not a huge surprise that people it, are like, yeah. It's, I don't, I don't really it's funny because I, I actually have a band in here that is of like a similar uh, quality in in terms of like that like kind of like mainstream success, mm-hmm. uh, but that is not coming up next. What is coming up next are uh you know uh a bunch of uh, a bunch of fun uh, Jewish people who uh decided to come together in a band called Hasidic New Wave. Okay. Uh yeah, I I talked about this album earlier in the year, way earlier in the year. Um, because uh, I got like basically this uh Zadik put out a compilation of like their entire album, like their entire discography. Basically, it's just called Complete Recordings. And I was I thought the cover was really cool because it was just like this um it looked like a like an orthodox rabbi but it was like all like psychedelic looking um and it's just it's it's like uh klezmer jazz nice. uh it's really really well done klezmer jazz and it's you know it, it I always think of Masada and like you mm-hmm. know Zorn's like klezmer leanings when I think of like uh you know uh klezmer jazz and sort of like that radical jewish culture movement um so it was really cool to hear someone else sort of you know kind of take it and run with it uh and I, yeah it's just like all of these albums are really good and i mean there's there's a kind of a sense of like taking the piss a little bit mm-hmm. in some of these albums too because they're just like you know uh jews and the abstract truth is is you know like one of the names of um, it's just like they 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 just seem to like have a sense of humor, but they they're also just like really really good, just like free jazz albums. So, nice. uh, yeah, highly recommend giving those a try. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love my song. I, I'm actually uh, that really intrigues me. So we, we we need to have a Zorn episode at some time because I, I I need to get all my uh all my recent thoughts about Zorn off my chest. <laughs> in some capacity, <laughs> I'm yeah. burning up inside. <laughs> I, 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 we we had we had some power related issues in my house, um, so I didn't respond to a text. The area it wasn't as responsive to a text exchange. You, you, you responded to it. Yeah, I, 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 I did. But like, I, I'm I'm very interested to because I think you've mentioned the point about Zorn that we'll dive, yeah, I'd like to dive into a few times. Yeah, I, I'd love to hear you you know kind of elaborate a bit so yeah i mean there's a good reddit thread i actually posted um that 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 got some attention from a couple of zorn fans too uh that it was a really interesting conversation about it but yeah we'll 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 schedule that for a later time um yeah so what you got next um i could kind of tie in this next artist to zorn because they both have experimental like avant-garde metal in their back catalog, but that's kind of a loose connection. Um, but as someone who listens to you know a lot of experimental music and a lot of metal and you know avant-garde metal here you know here and there and like to consider myself a fan, uh, kind of weird that I never listened to this band and I finally decided it was time. Um, and I, I unfortunately it was because of which we discussed on a, on a relatively recent episode. It was because of their new album, which is not remotely 
uh, as Elaine kind of kind of went on a, a well-deserved rant about uh, not exactly what fans were hoping to hear when they came back, but at least they have three great albums that I enjoyed quite a bit this year. Uh, Mr. Bungle. Um, oh, big, yeah. <laughs> big fan of three albums run they had that I, I just think it is... It honestly made so many different... Um, like kind of weird prog metal bands and avant-garde metal bands, like their style makes so much more sense. Like I totally understand mm. like the groundwork that Mr. Bungle laid. Honestly, you know what you know what made band what uh, band's music makes a lot of more sense to me now? Between the barrier to me. Like there are moments on oh, color yeah. there are the moments <laughs> on colors where I'm like, holy shit, they're just trying to be Mr. Bungle. Oh my yeah. I, I, I didn't think about that, but like, man, colors like actually makes a whole lot more sense now. Yeah, honestly, like there are segments in that album where uh, and also I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take. I, I think I've talked uh before how I, <laughs> we, we we always have a Scott yeah, between I, the very me like, rant. <laughs> I've I've definitely you know talked before about how like I just I just don't uh like I think that they're like prog metal, sex you know segments are, are pretty good, but um, I think when they try to blend genres, they don't do it as well as you know Mr. Bungle or other avant-garde metal bands do. Um, and also, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I just really don't like Tommy Gao's voice. I just of <laughs> it. In any case, this is not. Me, the, mean Thomas? Yeah, no, that's why. Honestly, <laughs> I'm whenever like with between the barrier to me, he's called like Tom or Tommy Giles, but like his solo project, I'm pretty sure it's called like Thomas Giles. And yeah, like, that's amazing. Like honestly, that's actually really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but in any case, like a lot of stuff on Colors, and I mean, I can name a bunch of other bands, uh, like uh, you know, Maudlin of the Well, you know, early Ko Dot, uh, and again, it's not like they're. Like frame for frame I, ripping I, off. I I, 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 I kind of want to rail against those comparisons, but I, I'll, I'll hold my tongue because, uh, you know, this episode is a different subject. So. No, but I, I think just like the general idea of, um, of like splicing the other styles. Um, I, I think Model of the Well fits a bit more than than Koda. I mean, I think you maybe yeah. you maybe could say Choirs of the Eye, but the eye maybe that's a bit a stretch too far. Definitely Model of the Well. Listen, you know they listen to some Mr. Bungle, um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I really appreciated the way that they, because something that they that Mr. Bungle did on these albums that I appreciated more is they didn't so much try to, like each individual track had a lot of weirdness going on, but I feel like in terms of experimenting with different styles, they just kind of they kind of kept that to individual tracks so to speak like they definitely did like a lot of weirdness but it wasn't like they jumped from styles too much or if they did it was in a different track whereas i feel like yeah. like what always they, bothered me about between the barrier to me is that like uh i'm sorry to shit on a band so much while i'm trying to highlight <laughs> another band but just like it felt like they were trying to put way too much pack way too much in one track and what, what i loved is that they were able to mr Bung was able to make like these really weird like engaging albums but like each song they're able to be weird in a single style without trying to you know just like throw the kitchen sink at you in one fell yeah it, it, um, kind of like like it, it, it's almost like they you know you know kind of got really drunk while listening to naked city you know yes way. oh my god i got i got such huge naked city vibes well i i, yeah. I mean it, you know the first mr bungle album is, is produced by zorn so yeah i mean i mean yeah. again obviously there's there's pretty clear connections there and the fact that you know like the moon child um 
those came like 20 years later but yeah no i, I, I just mean clearly like i was you, there's definitely between um uh you know trevor don is obviously you know he's, he's worked on with zorn before actually and, like uh, every member of of mr bungle has worked with zorn yeah I was, I was, I mean, which yeah. is re- which is really weird yeah i only like trevor don and Patton are the only two names that really uh trace know. bruins who is the uh lead guitarist he, he uh he's part of secret chiefs three um oh he's, okay he's done a lot of stuff with zorn as well um actually in, a lot in the klezmer uh area stuff like um so the last two Masato books actually have Secret Chiefs three albums on them, uh, but and they're both really good. Actually, the the one in the Book of Angels is regarded as like the best out of the Book of Angels. Usually, uh, I don't necessarily agree, but still, really good album. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, let's. I, I I'm still. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still talking about I'm still talking about Jews here. Uh, I mean, I am a Jew, I guess, but um, we're talking about Steve Reich, uh, different nice. trains, electric counterpoint. Uh, we bought I bought this a few weeks ago. We talked about it in um, our Bull Moose buys episode, and um, yeah, I I I finally got down to listen to it, and it really blew my mind. Sort of the way uh, Reich, you know, I I I think part of it's just like I didn't know what to expect from this album especially mm-hmm. with the piece different trains because the way it's described and you you look at the title of it and you like on the cover you know it's like chronos quartet you know so you expect like kind of like a more of a string trio type of thing but he he puts a lot of like tape splices through it um of just like vocal of just like you know things people say almost mm-hmm. um you know i think some of it's like related to trains what what have you but when those points happen he actually has like this strings um like follow the cadence of that person's voice like, like sort of the rhythm of their voice and it creates this really weird effect for me like it just i i can't really describe it it's just like it, this image just always pops up in my mind whenever i hear it and it was just a very odd experience and uh you know, it was just it, it was cool you know, sort of, I, I mean, like, sort of knowing that Reich always kind of has something else up his sleeve. Because, uh, I mean, I, I've never really explored his, his, like, his catalog to the extent that I should. Um, you know, I've mostly kind of stayed within, like, you know, a lot of, like, that phasing experimentation that he did. And, like, you know, a lot of, like, that super minimalist stuff that you you hear in, like, music for 18 musicians. Mm-hmm. But to hear, like, this side of him was really cool. Um, and just, yeah, it, it was just a new, like, facet to him that I found fascinating. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, uh, um, you know, we've done ambient explorations. We've had discussions before. Um I went through a phase where, like, I listened to a lot of, like, post minimalism Like, I think I listened to NC, 18 Musicians, and, and I really, really... 18 Musicians was a highlight of that, you know, yeah obsession I had. So, um, awesome. Yeah. So, this kind of fits in with uh, the indie approved, so to speak, just because uh, this is an artist that you would not expect the Pitchfork crowd to like, but this specific album has resonated and it's something I always want to check out because I always thought that was an interesting dynamic. And 
ended up really liking it, and it is Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen. Um, oh, okay. I think that a lot of, I mean, obviously, you know, Born to Run's a great song. You know, he has other great songs. I think that like a lot of his music just has the veneer of like dad rock or like that's music like my, your parents listen to. Yeah, which isn't. I mean, like, I guess it's kind of fair, but I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of older artists that kind of fall in that category that I like, but for whatever reason, just never checked them out that much as a result. Uh, but Nebraska is we like Pitchfork wrote an article about how like it's kind of been accepted in the indie sphere and I always thought that was weird but I kind of get it because Nebraska has like Springsteen has always been like a great storyteller you know talking with the American heartland Uh, I always really liked his voice and this kind of strips away a lot of the elements that kind of make him dad rock like he doesn't have the full band like the full um, like E Street Band yeah exactly he doesn't have like like a lot of elements that uh, I feel like you know what part of it is is that his band makeup kind of reminds me of like the Dave Matthews band band makeup. Oh my and, god! Like, I Dave you, Matthews I band. Just, you you blew my fucking mind. <laughs> but like it, it, that Dave Matthews band is kind of like peak, you know, mom rock. Like not even dad rock. He, I, he's, I, he's I, I don't even consider mom rock. I I just think of like drunk college douchebag rock. I, is is <laughs> Dave Matthews for me? Um, but yeah, Nebraska. Uh, I think what's interesting is I'm pretty sure this album was not meant. Um, to be released like this, but just for whatever reason, you know, he recorded some acoustic demos, and then was like, you know what, let's you know, let's just roll with it. Like these are supposed to be turned into, you know, typical Bruce Springsteen songs, but he kind of kept it as a, a sparse, mainly acoustic guitar-driven album, and I think that's why it resonated with me so much. You know, you get a lot of the kind of universally uh, acknowledged or appreciated aspects of Bruce's sound. He's a great storyteller, love his vocals. Um, but you don't get kind of like the more hokey aspects of, of what, you know, he's come to be known for. Uh, it was a really cool listen. I, re- I really liked it. And also, um, uh, it, it's it's funny. And I'm going to reference something that I know you aren't a huge fan of. But uh, Lauren and I are rewatching The Office because it's, <laughs> it's, it's leaving Netflix after this year. Um, and the main branch office is in Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania which is an actual place. And one of the other branch offices is in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, and they reference it like it's in, like I think they make a joke about how uh, no, no one goes to that branch office that often because you have, you, you have to get there by snowshoe, uh, which, is, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> if you live in New Hampshire, you know that Nashua is like, it's it's a city, you know, like hard. Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it's not it, like a, a city city, but like it's, it's not. It's it, it, it's it's kind of like the slums of New Hampshire. I mean, if, yeah, if, if there could be such a thing, there's a reason that it's called Trashua. Uh, that's yeah. one of the nicknames. Like it, it is not it is not what you picture when you think of like rural New Hampshire at all. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> but so that's why, like, I, I say that to say this is that when I think of like Nebraska or like Montana, like obviously there are plenty of regular what you'd expect a city to look like but whenever i think of like those midwest cities that's kind of my version of that where i just think of like long flat expanses which obviously those those exist in nebraska but it's not like the only thing that that state has to offer but i kind of like that idea of just driving on a really long you know you're the only car on the road listening to you know narrative driven acoustic you know acoustic guitar driven music and i just i really i there's sometimes you listen to music and you just really like the way it transports you and this is one of those examples interesting yeah yeah okay um so this next one's kind of an easy one uh we had an episode dedicated to it pretty much in its entirety uh sonic youth uh cool uh 
uh, especially I, I'm referencing here at the uh, album Evol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I think out of what I listened, what we listened to for that episode, uh, Evol probably got to me the most. Um, you know, just some some killer tracks on that thing. You know, uh, Madonna Sean and me and uh, Death to Our Friends and like you know, a couple of great tracks like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have a ton to say because I think you can just listen to our Sonic Youth episode. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just like one of those like you know one of those bands that you know you you're supposed to like almost, um, and it, it's it's just cool to kind of kind of hear what other people heard in them um you know and sort of have their music click for you finally yeah absolutely yeah. that was a really fun episode that was one of my favorite episodes we did yeah this year me too that was really cool um, yeah and i think our only guest episode still <laughs> yeah which i mean it's always fun when we can bring people on that was a that was a cool moment yeah yeah um yeah so we we, we will uh you know wait you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. We'll be talking about this artist uh, next week, and we've already reviewed their newest album. But um, this is one of my favorite discovery stories of of all time, honestly, because it was so. It's like one of those six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You'd never expect to discover it this way, but um, I discovered this band's. Oh wait, can I take a guess first? Yeah, uh, Mountain Goats. No, it does involve John Daniel. So okay, it, all right. It, um, so I, I was close. I was close. So it is uh, Pop Therapy by Video Age. Uh, it was oh, okay. earlier this year. I was, um, I mean, just I was home a lot. I was watching a lot more, like just YouTube, going down YouTube rabbit holes. Obviously, plenty of time to kill. You know, as we were all staying inside, um, and uh, uh, one of my discoveries last year was the Mountain Goats, and I've, I've become I was considering redoing Mountain Goats this year, but I felt like that would be cheating. Just because I've, I've, they've become even more of like one of my favorite bands, and I, I now own all of their like um, all their like albums on on CD. But uh, Re- all of them? Uh, not not like the like early early like John Daniel on a tape deck. Like I I have, yeah. I have everything from All Hail West Texas, you know, up to the newest ones. So, um, huh. but in any case. Uh, there was an episode like the part of you know I was getting really into it. I was like watching interviews with John O'Neill, um, and he did one of those like one of those like Vice type channels that does um, like I love when they they bring on contemporary artists and we'll have them listen to like you know a, a playlist of modern songs and have them get their takes. So one of the first uh, uh, one of the dudes from the Black Keys did a segment like that, and he was he was really funny with his opinions. Um, he accidentally, uh, Dan Auerbach, uh, the guy with the thick glasses. I don't know if that's Dan. I don't know their names. Yeah, I say, I, I don't know the other yeah. guy, um, so. but like he accidentally, he actually trashed Josh Homme, uh, <laughs> because he, he, he did, uh, to be fair, he did the guitar hook for one, a recent Lady Gaga song. And it was, it was a pretty God, like it was not a great, Wait, Josh Homme did. He did. Yeah. Well, like, oh, he, didn't, he didn't know it was Josh Homme doing the guitar, but he said the guitar look on this is terrible. I don't think it's terrible, but it was a little hokey. Anyway. I mean, Josh Homme's had a rough couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, there was a similar kind of style of like, they gave John Darnell a playlist and one of them was, uh, Lover's Surreal by Video Age, which is the opening track on Pop Therapy. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was one of the better like like 80s nostalgia like synth pop tracks i'd heard like it was just so well done i was like i gotta listen to this band 
Um, <laughs> and I ended up like the album is phenomenal. One of my most played albums of the year, just because it's so effortless, just an exceptionally like there's so much personality, but it has everything about like 80s synth pop you might like. Like just a really, really great album. And they released a new album this year, which, like I said, you might hear about it next week. We'll see. But yeah, I just <laughs> I, I I was so you know, so surprised to like just randomly find out find discover an artist I love so much from that kind of segment. Um and just really, really cool. I mean I I, I can't reckon it if you like you know, like synth wave, chill wave, any type of like the eighties nostalgia stuff that's been coming. Any up. wave, <laughs> any type of wave, just jump on the video age wave. Um, right? You're such a dad. I know. I, I I really I really am a dad. You know, like real quick, uh, when we watch Netflix, you know, every night, uh, I will fa- I will without a doubt fall asleep. Uh, and then Lauren will be like, "Are you asleep?" And I'm like, "No, no, no." And I'll like, I'll wake up for five seconds and then fall back asleep, which is like his peak dad. Um, so it I'm, really is. I'm on my way. But anyway, I, I, well, I, all you need now is just to be able to like fart yourself awake. <laughs> but, oh man! All right. So we're, um, we are on to our last picks each. Yeah, and uh, I was probably yeah. I I so when we were putting together these, these discoveries, this was probably the single one that I knew had to be on this thing, and it is uh, the debut album from Square Pusher. Uh, Feed me weird things. Um. I like. I mean, th- this year has been like a huge year for like electronic music for me, and just but like this is like such a pinnacle of that, of just like hearing, you know, someone sort of take the most insane breakbeat, you know, stuff you could ever hear, and just like toss it in with some jazz, and it just works so well. And uh, I mean, it, it just it, it pisses me off that this album isn't like. You know, it's not on Apple Music. I think it's out of print. You know, it, it's just like I, I wish more people knew about this album. Like, I think a lot of people know about Score Pusher if you're like into like Aphex Twin and like other drill and bass uh, producers. But like, I, damn, like like you just like I think usually Square Pusher's like go to album people think is is it's hard normal daddy, which is which is a really good album. But mm-hmm. Phoebe thing is just like really hit me in like just like the right way. It was just like one of those like you know perfect uh, opportunity kind of uh, all, all the elements were right to make it work for mm-hmm. me uh, and just like if, if you if any of this sounds interesting just listen to the track I think it's called a uh, theme for Ernest Borgnine um, or a theme from Ernest Borgnine it is just a killer track uh, yeah I just I fucking love this thing. Um, I'm really glad that I got into Square Pusher a little more this year. And, uh, yeah, just highly recommend it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I actually listened to Square Pusher's most recent album, which came out this year. Never listened to yeah, it before, but, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So definitely yeah, an artist it, that I need um, to uh, check out more. Yeah, that, that new album's pretty interesting. I, I, I need to listen to it again a couple more times. But, um, I I mean, spoiler alert, it, it's not going to be on my album of the year anything anywhere on it so yeah sorry ahead of time uh but no <laughs> i got the sense that it wasn't um i couldn't imagine it was one of their best i, albums, I mean but i still I, I enjoyed I, it yeah like I, I think it's more like it's like it's a solid album and like i think for a lot of people it was um kind of an album that they wanted because i think for a while he's been doing like a lot of like show leader one uh stuff uh which is I, I haven't really listened to, but I really want to listen to it because it's like, 
it, it's kind of like his music but performed with like a live uh, band mm-hmm. uh, which is just a really cool idea um, but you know I, I think that you know have something under the square pusher name I, I think people are excited about that but yeah it's just like it's like okay you know is what it is yeah at the end of the day exactly so what is your last album good sir so to take us home again I'm, I'm i'm twisting the rules and also have two albums to pick but there's a there's a time force between them um yeah. so i'll just i mean I'll, I'll, i won't dance around it uh first one is uh, malady and the album is twainen twista and the second one is by semel and it is sulieki they're both uh finnish prog rock bands uh, and they, these two albums were two of my favorite albums of 2018. Just, just vintage, you know, classic prog rock with some psych rock tendencies. Uh, really, really fun retro 70s vibes. Uh, really, really enjoyed them at the time. You know, still do. Forgot about them for a while because, unfortunately, they are. Well, that's probably a bad way to say it because uh, they're signed to Spart Records in based in Finland as well which is a really, really good label. They're focused on kind of this type of like retro rock and metal, some like vintage doom, vintage heavy metal, vintage prog rock, stuff like that. Okay, really, I, 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 I'm, so, I'm sort of getting the sound that, that you're Yeah, exactly. About. And, you know, I really, really like them. Unfortunately, because of, you know, they're in Finland and, you know, what it costs to, to ship, like I, I, I had never bought anything from them just because it's, it's you know, it's expensive once you do the conversion, you know, from the, the euro and then, you know, shipping and all that stuff. And I actually wanted to buy one of their albums, you know, or, or, or definitely wanted to buy Malady, definitely my favorite of the two. Um, but just, it was way too expensive. I couldn't justify spending it on, you know, however much it would be on one album. We're talking like 30, 40 bucks with, with shipping just to ship. Oh, yeah. Because I think they're primarily like a vinyl only Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I was like, I I thought, you know, put it in the back of my mind, whatever. So of all places, I was in Newbury Comics in the Nashua Mall, which usually, you know... Has terrible Usually the mall versions. But I was looking through vinyl. They had both of these for 10 bucks each. And I was like, how is that... I was, yeah, I was like, how is that possible? Like, you know, like with Distro, like, I have no idea how you could even buy that like wholesale for ten dollars uh but i was like well fuck i am i am buying both of these like without question um they're both the packaging is really really like they're very thick um like the actual uh sleeve really really thick um semel sulieki in particular has like a full like you have to stretch out the full gatefold to get the full album artwork, and it's really, really cool. I love the album artwork. Oh, it, it, is it, like, one of those, like, three-panel gatefolds? Uh, no, it's just, it's two, but, like, it, the the co- actual cover you see online is half the, you know, like... The, oh, you know, oh, yeah. okay, all right. So it's it's really, really cool. The fact they're both 10 bucks is great, and, uh, again, I've said before that I love... Um, uh, Sam, the Suzuki record has traditional... Like every song is is pretty much like five to seven minutes or so, but Malady has those, and then it has one really long song, and I love. Uh, this is one of my favorite things about Yes is just putting on a record and like the f- the full side. It's just one really long proggy experience, mm. and it is it, it, they sound great. The pressing is great. I mean, it's, it was one of my favorite you know physical media discoveries because again, I, I forgot that these albums existed just because like, there's no way like I'd never seen them in person in America. There was no way I was going to buy them, you know, ship them over for that price. 
and it was just really really cool that they were you know, not only affordable but like I would buy like a CD for ten bucks so to buy, like find a vinyl record for like yeah, such good a, quality vinyl yeah, at it, that. it was brand new like they weren't even used like brand new sealed damn I'm like how is I, I honestly I don't even know how that happened because there's the, no the, way the, the music gods were in your favor that day exactly like it was and again like I heard these albums before not truly like a new discovery but like finding those I mean I'm just one of those like is as soon as you see it in the CD store, you're like, yep, I'm li- I am leaving here with that, <laughs> no matter what happens. So Nice. Um, yeah, so those have been our discoveries for, you know, our favorite discoveries of 2020. Uh, obviously, we're not going to yeah. do an album of the week this week because we kind of just just compiled a bunch yep. of albums of the week. So Yeah, pretty much. It kind of defeats the purpose. But um, And then, uh, yeah, next week we have our last episode of the year. So And we're really, really excited. Uh, the I started whittling down my end of your list. Uh, I it's been I rough. finished my list today. I e I gave up and yeah. just decided on what is there is there, and that's just it. <laughs> uh, I I did my first pass where I truly I just like chopped down um, everything that like I just didn't remember. Like I listened to once and wrote down just for the sh- shits and giggles, but. Still have a little bit to go, so the the, the, the gits and shiggles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, Shout out to Andrew, right? <laughs> yeah, the gits and shiggles. Um, uh, but so, okay. yeah. So as always, yeah. thanks so much for listening. We we really look forward to sharing our albums of the year next week. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishura Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishura Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.